one often injured ace is on the move in a trade, supposedly. And what does that mean for the value of another often injured ace? Is he even an ace? And does he even have the most trade value on his own team right now? We'll discuss that on today's Lockdown Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Uh, I don't know if we've done it this week, and our numbers have been so good for the most part that uh, we should probably reset. Uh, I'm Jeff. I used to be a prospect and draft writer at Scout in 24-7. Scout got bought by 24-7, and 24-7 decided that they didn't like baseball. Um, before that, I got my start at Indians Prospect Insider, the Cleveland fan, a few things waiting for next year, kind of bounced around. If there was a blog, I probably appeared in it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I am the same. I'm Justin, and I have been also on every Cleveland baseball sports blog, minus like a couple over the last, I don't know, 15 years, uh, currently at Next Year in Cleveland Newsletter, and freelancer for the news here over the morning journal covering the guardians i also was the former editor of indians baseball insider then guardians baseball insider back when it was also on 24 7 then independent again look so, i can be I've you now there. and with prospects live what's that i can be you i just i have i put my post-it on my my shirt from your hoodie remember how people kept talking in the comments <laughs> i'm like i'm like oh i'm not i'm not no, wearing that today, you're not wearing sure. that but i uh You'll find out what this is in a bit. Um, oh, Jeff Jeff went old school on us. I went see. old school. I, I don't know. There's just something about writing things out by hand. I still kind of prefer weirdly when it comes to list making. Um, I am totally someone who goes old school. So I just sat here uh, writing. For those who have not tuned in for this week, we're doing a Guardians roster trade value rankings. And um, the what was Justin's exact comment that uh, we would start off with the bottom or show our bottom or something like that. And I was like, I think that would get us demonetized on YouTube. Uh, I I'm might kidding, do more than that. Course. Yeah, I um, did not encourage how that. Je that's how Jeff took it. So this um, is not, even though we record this podcast after dark, this cannot be. No, it cannot. An be after dark an podcast, podcast, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we don't really have dark, any. I'm gonna try to adjust my light over here. It's kind of. It is bright in my basement. It's very it's bright on me today. I don't. Know, I don't know what's going on. I, so I'm really trying to not go all like. Uh, full pale goth zombie like uh on today's show yeah so despite we don't have any rules for this we just kind of were like oh let's let's see how we feel about the guardians roster and and who who has the most trade value on the team right now if they wanted to trade them because i kind of made our own rules individually apart from each other yeah it's yeah this this started out as a thing we're like all right let's see how this works out and then you know we at first it was you know, all right, let's include guys on the 40-man roster. Okay, let's include a few prospects that might be valuable, like, you know, Manzardo and DeLauder, who aren't on the 40-man roster. And then it expanded from there, and now I've got 48 guys. So we are not going to discuss 48 players. What I think we'll discuss is guys who uh, from the 40-man roster did not make it mm -hmm. on our list, and then we'll just kind of jump around, and we'll, you know, we'll give our obvious ones, and then we'll we'll see if we have any surprise differences, and We'll see who's low on who, who's higher on who, and we'll we'll tell you why we think that is. So uh, I'll just start here, Jeff. Um, 
So if we just kind of go 40 deep, I'll tell you who am I on the 40 man roster to not make my 40. Okay. Uh, I do not have Austin Hedges on my top 40. Nor do I. I do not have Jonathan Rodriguez on my top 40. Nor do I. I do not have Hunter Gaddis on my top 40. I do. He still okay. made it just because I think pitching <laughs> depth is valuable. Okay. I do not have Miles Straw, Ben Lively, or Alfonso Rivas on the on my 40, top 40. Well, Miles Straw is, of course, number one on my – I'm kidding. No, no, none of those three made it. <laughs> number one as in last, right? Like as in as last? Yeah. My, my rule with this was I was going to do 40 deep. So for every player okay. here we're saying didn't make my list, that means a player not on the – well, technically right now the roster sits at 41 because yeah, we don't know what's happening with hedges. hedges. So – uh, it's a little weird in that regard. I have one more player who did not make it. Who was, or no, two more who did not make it. Okay, who who's that? 40 man list. Uh, Angel Martinez and John Kenzie Noel. Okay, that's interesting. Why, why no Noel and why no Martinez? Martinez, because as we've seen over the past few years, there's with such a glut of middle infielders, they have not gotten much value for you know the Owen Millers of the world. And if you're very fringe and a utility guy, what are they going to really get for you? I mean, I guess, and I, Jose Tana didn't make mine either because of the same reason. Like these are backups and they're purely backups. I don't see a pathway right now, unless Martinez has a real big change in approach right now. He's following the same route as Jose Dana did like rule five eligible year. Great year. We get hope up. And then like, I, I just don't see there. They are guys who would get claimed if you cut them, but no one's trading anything for them. And John Kenzie Noel is a first base only with, really poor chase rates and exit velocities. Like, yes, he can hit the ball hard, but he does not consistently hit the ball hard. And that's what teams are looking for anymore. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he has some of the best raw power in the system, maybe the best raw power in the system, but he does not consistently access it. And that's not even about making contact. That is even when he makes contact, he makes contact for a guy with his, his strength. So, uh, yeah, I just, first base only guys don't have as much value in general. Like Manzardo is my number one prospect, but he is my third prospect in terms of these rankings. When we get there, like their yeah, positional value matters. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I definitely agree with you on Noel. I do disagree with you on Martinez. So here's the thing with Martinez coming into this year. You and I both had Martinez ranked pretty high. I think we both had him as a, a top five prospect possibly um, five or six. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. but I was just like, so he was still young for the level and he did get the triple a, I know the numbers weren't pretty. And I, I wrote this so part of right up at a prospect live and really did my deep dive on him. And I was like, I walked away at the end of that. I don't think I've ever been lower than him after I finished that right. So I, I think I'm, I think I'm giving him a mulligan for the year. He had a breakout a year ago. He looked like he was going to be a, a bigger prospect. Kind of the way that um, Bo Naylor had it. We gave, I, you know, we gave Bo Naylor a mulligan. And I'm not saying that Martinez is as good as, as a prospect as um, as that, but I do think that he deserves a mulligan. I do think he's still a valuable player. And, and just to be clear, we're not talking about you know, oh, it'd be good in a package. Maybe he's a good third or fourth, you know, piece in a trade package or whatever. How this works out. No, this is just individual trade value we're talking about here. And I, so, yeah, I, I have him on looking my top at the 40. profile with the numbers. Like, he was a late cut. It, it basically came down to him or Alamon for that 40th spot. And I just went with feeling like Alamon has a little more of a ceiling here. I had Martinez much higher. I actually had him at 29th. I have Noel mm. at 36. He barely made it. So, here's 
here's the back end. I'm not going to show back end, but You're I'm going to tell you my back. I'll tell you about my backside. <laughs> so I have, I have, uh, I have Will Dion at 41. He just missed. Oh, I have him significantly higher. Okay, Karen Shack made my my forty. He's at forty. I have He's higher at 30. for me. I have Tan at thirty nine, just because I know he can play short. He can play multiple positions. I, I think you can get something for him. I'm not saying it's a lot, but you know he's got. I feel like he's, he's got about as much value. Mark Matthias path. Um, yeah, I have Curry at thirty eight. I have Morgan at thirty. I have Morgan at thirty seven. Then I had Noel at thirty six. So I had Noel on there, but I mean he barely just made it for me. And I at all the same points stand. He is a first base only guy. You could probably convince some team who's really also power hungry to figure out if they like him more than Cleveland. I don't know. But the point is, I don't think his value, neither of us think his value hmm. is very high. Let's yeah, go I, to the top then, real Well, quick. I just to compare, like my to give you an idea of like we're we're already very different. Like for me, it was Alamon at 40, 39 was Kate Smith, uh 38 was Gaddis, 37 was was Tim Heron. Okay. Uh, Kate Smith did not make my 40, by the way. He's at 43 for me. Oh. He was below hedges. So he he was I, I put him in as a potential, you know, reliever. Uh so it's 30 no, sorry, 36 was uh was was Brito, which is gonna surprise people, but I think the lack of defensive position and the lack of a power or carrying tool makes him very limp like he's more valuable to the Guardians than probably most baseball teams. Now, is he gonna be a top five prospect? Yes, but I think what we saw when they were able to acquire him, um, you know, at, at the relative cost is I, it's a profile that for the rest of the league is not as fashionable. And at 35, uh, Andrew Walters, just because, I mean, I only saw the fastball a year ago. People are really high on the slider. Um, I believe, right. That's the pitch that I'm reading much more about that I didn't see. So um, he might end up being the guy that I regret having so low. Um, and then I had uh 34 was uh Davis and De Los Santos. I just, uh, you know, if the swing changes, even if the swing changes have made him significantly better with that swing change, he was still walking under 3% of the time, which yeah. just doesn't translate. Uh, but he, his power could pass Noel's. So I have him kind of in that Noel range on your list. Yeah. He's Leo Santos was 32 for me. And then I have, I have Alamon just ahead of Walters only because I've seen Walt Alamon do it at double a, we haven't seen Walters do it in the majors yet, or the uh, minors yet. Let's uh, let's come back and let's talk about the top of our order of our trade value rankings. We'll get into Bieber and uh, the Glass Now trade and, and how that affects his market uh, as part of this and more. So stick with us. There's no money line on FanDuel for. Shane Bieber trade probably wasn't one for Tyler Glass now trade, uh, but there are some hot offers for you if you are a new FanDuel customer on Moneyline Bet. So right now, if you are a new customer with FanDuel, you bet five dollars on a Moneyline Bet and your team wins. Guess what? You get one hundred and fifty bucks in bonus bets. One hundred fifty bucks if your team wins. If you're a new customer and throw down a five dollar Moneyline Bet. So if you think about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. Maybe you're not a Moneyline person. I am personally not. A money line person, I can tell you, I will be hitting up those uh, spreads and the player props and the over unders on bowl pick'em season for sure uh, when that comes up for college football. So if that's your thing, I'm in. Hey, if you're in a league for any of that stuff, invite me. I'm down to uh, get into a. Bowl what, what you should league. bet on, if you can bet on it, is the Columbus Blue Jackets blowing third quarter leads. If you can bet Ooh. on something, bet, I don't bet think that's it. part of part of Fanduel's uh, options, but. There are spreads, there are player props, there are over-unders, and much, much more. 
we'll take a look at those uh, Guardians AL Central odds or uh, even World Series odds maybe in the new year after we see a few things happen. So visit Fando.com slash locked on this NFL season to get this offer. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. All right, so the top of our trade value rankings. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a bet. If I was betting on Fanduel, Jeff, I would bet that our number ones are the same. How much money would I win if I said Tanner Bybee is your number one trade value on the Guardians? Yes, it was, it was funny <laughs> yesterday. You know, I did a. It, it'll, it'll populate in the feed next week. Um, you know, when we do these crossovers. It gives us a chance to give you guys videos, even when we're, you know, giving ourselves <laughs> the needed breaks. Um, and he asked, like, well, would you guys trade by? I'm like, no. Like, you know, that was the thing, like, discussing trades. It's like, was that know, a serious question? Yes. You know, because everyone thinks that, you know, sure, he's Bobby for Wyatt Langford called it. Bye. <laughs> no, Bye. I don't know if I would do that. Like, Langford isn't proven. Like, call That's me true. crazy. That's I wouldn't fair. do that. I, I would say no. Um, Maybe Evan Carter, I would consider after his debut, but even then, I would, I, I don't know. Like, Bybee should be untouchable. He just had the best rookie season, uh, sure. depending on where you look, since Herb score. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it just, it, it's unmatched. It was, you know, an incomplete year, but it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, you've got the pitch mix, you've got durability. There's really no big negative there. Any smart team is going to view him as the top value player. And yeah. some behind the scenes, Justin was like, I bet we have the same top two. He goes, I bet we have the same top three. And I'm like, actually, I'm going to flip my two and three. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if we have the same order, the top three, but I'll bet you with the top three players. So okay. my two and my two and three are Bo Naylor and Gavin Williams. Yes. In that order. Same Bo Naylor order. then Gavin Williams. Yes. Yes. Yeah. At post flip, yeah. I had the same order. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if we had the same two, three, but that was easy. Bo Naylor, obviously up and coming catcher, uh, offensive catcher. It's left-handed. Hard to find. Very hard to find under club control. I think a team would give up a lot. Now they're going to trade him, but I'm just saying that makes yes. him the second most trade, trade uh, valuable trade ass on this team. Gavin Williams, same thing. This is where it gets interesting because, as you've noticed, neither of us have talked about Shane Bieber. We haven't talked about Jose Ramirez. We haven't talked about Emmanuel Clase. We haven't talked about Andres Jimenez. All guys that have locked-in contracts, right, that are good players. So I actually have Clase fourth because that contract right. is so, so team-friendly. And All the debates, as always. You and I never agree. <laughs> never agree. That was easy. Um, I do not. I, this maybe maybe my number five is a surprise. I have Logan Allen at five. Oh, I have Logan Allen at nine. So you know, I have Tristan McKenzie at five. Um, Ooh, I have McKenzie a lot lower. Here's the th- like he yes he missed this last year because of injury, and I, I of all people have had injury concerns for him for a while. But what he has shown at peak is higher than what I think Logan Allen will be at peak and he has a longer track record. And I think that the ceiling there, even with less years of control, it's still, it's still three, four. I mean, he's not even arbitration eligible, right? So it's four years of control left. McKenzie is, is next year will be. Yeah. So, you know, they have, there's still a lot of control and he has shown more. So for me, McKenzie is my five because he has just shown a higher ceiling. So in spite of the injury, in spite of the year, in spite of my own injury concerns, I think ceiling and the chance to potentially, I mean, he has flashed number one at, or number, I'd say more of a number two, but I, I think he has a better chance of being a two, three, whereas Logan Allen's probably more of a four. Yeah. It's just the health for me. And then the club yeah. control, like Logan Allen has a better track record health wise. I know it's short 
And the club control, I think, to me also kind of bakes some of that in. And there's a little bit less risk, even if you're getting a lower upside. Um, but I don't know. A lot of teams, maybe, maybe you're right. Teams teams don't trade for safety. They make trades. No. Like, look at the Tyler Glass now trade. That is not a safe trade for no. the Dodgers. They are, the Dodgers are getting the best player in that trade. But it is by no means a safe trade because no, Glass now could be on the injured list by June. He's only had a, he's only pitched a hundred innings twice in his career, and last year was his career high at one twenty. Yeah, one twenty. Um, I mean, he's been awesome when he pitches. You're you're getting massive he's ceilings. Amazing. He's, o- he's yeah. always been effective. Um, since Tampa fixed him, he's always been an effective starter. But you just can't count on health, and that's that's again. There's a classic example of why I'm afraid of very tall pitchers. Because health and mechanics. You're afraid of short. You are your heightest and your your heightest in both ways. You're which afraid is, of tall pitchers, but you're also afraid of short pitchers. Um, to lesser degrees. Like I'm more afraid of short position players. Uh, sh- a short king pitcher <laughs> works better for me. <laughs> no, and that's a funny thing. For a long time, like if you go back and look at some of my early writings at Indians Prospect Insider, um, I wrote. Well, you probably can't find them anymore. But like I was all about like. Brendan Finnegan uh, and like I was a short like Marcus Stroman was someone I was I like, advocating yeah. a ton. like I was the one saying that and the Guardians agreed with me at the time like that that was a market inefficiency that the league was slow to adjust and if you think about it I mean Paul Skeens is kind of big but like Jack Lighters and Casey Mises aren't the biggest guys so the league is is definitely kind of started it took a while but the league is now shifting that way yeah okay so I finally have Jose Ramirez at six on my list the only reason he's not higher it's because I think we're both going to agree here. You know, he is 31. He is mm-hmm. on the downside slope of his career. And I don't know how much it really matters because obviously he asked for the no trade clause. Cleveland Cleveland has never given anybody any sort of no trade clause, like even partial nothing. He asked for it because he wanted to stay. He wanted control over where he might, if he ever did go anywhere, I guess. But um, the no trade clause, I feel like, hurts his value a little because then he also can pick where he wants to go. It should should there be some disaster that ever happens where Cleveland's even discussing this trade? Like, you know, let's be clear. There should never be a reason for Cleveland to trade him at all, unless he is demanding it, in which case you're screwed. Or he commits a crime. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, let's take that off the board. But I think Um, think that just hurts him a little bit because then your your market is limited if there were a hypothetical trade because he can decide where he wants to go, which hurts his value. So at six, I am going to have to agree with you and have Jose Ramirez. (laughs) uh, Basically, for me, it is, you know, there is some signs of decline. And any player with an extension into their mid to late 30s, it has a little bit less value. Even if it is a team-friendly extension, it's a pretty team-friendly one. But there is is. still, you know, we've seen some erraticness with his throwing and things like that. It's like, if he can't play third, I don't know where he plays. So there's also that concern moving forward. Yeah. No, then maybe have, that's why you don't give Josh Naylor an extension because Jose Ramirez might have to be your DH in, in by the time uh, Naylor's contract is up. That's that's a good point. We'll talk about where Josh. I have Josh Naylor not too far, but here's here's my next yeah. grouping. This is I think this is an interesting grouping. I have not mentioned myself. I have not mentioned Bieber and McKenzie yet. So here's my next grouping. I'll tell you. I have Andres Jimenez just behind Jose because he does. Mm. Even though he has a high contract, he is still a great defender. He's at play ten short. because of that contract. The the end years of that could be. A net negative to a he's team. Still, yeah, he's just still so young. The defense well, it's is not still age; so good. it's just the cost. Like if his bat, li- listen, uh, this year was down. probably this year was probably he was too bad. The year before he was too good. He's probably somewhere baked in the middle. But if he doesn't rebound, those late years of that contract are going to be an albatross. Possibly that's why he was yeah, tenth for right. me. So after that, this is where it gets interesting. I have Kyle Manzardo at eight, and let me let me mm. give my next couple before we get to the break. 
I have Manzardo. I have Stephen Kwan at nine. And then I have Josh Naylor. That's my top 10. Okay. So mine after Jose Ramirez, I have Kwan seven due to control and every team in baseball is looking for outfielders and he is at worst. But is he a left average. fielder only? Because that makes him a little bit less valuable if he can it, only play left. If it does, but he's also such an elite defender. It also brings back a little bit of value on that. Like, uh, if, if he could play center, he might be ahead of J Ram on my, my rankings, but even if yeah, he is he could, just, sure. even if it's just an elite defender and left and a league average bat, that's still seventh with his years of control because you can't find outfielders. Every team needs them as much as people want to say that outfielders are easy to find. But they're he's not, not right hand and he doesn't hit 20. Home doesn't, runs, doesn't, uh, Josh Naylor's eighth. And that's only comes down to a year and a half of control and health and build concerns. Uh, yeah. at nine was Logan Allen for me. Um, yeah. the, the elder, I, I think he still has that much. I'm kidding. Uh, no, this is Logan Allen, the younger we've already talked about him. And then I have Andres Jimenez at 10. And as I've already discussed, uh, I think that comes down to just the, 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 isn't like the final few years, like $20 million. Like that could be a lot of money if he is, especially if, if he can't get it back. And I know we're going to run to breaks. So I'll say this. My number 11, I think is going to be shocking, but I'll discuss the why I, I don't, I think I'm going to get people who hate number 11. So I'm just going to say that now. That is the cut to break. You're going to want to come back because I'm going off board. I don't think we have the same number 11, so this should be interesting. Nope. Stay tuned for more. All right, let me give you my number 11 real quick, then, okay. since you're off the board, and this is going to be interesting. This is where I put Shane Bieber. Uh I have Bieber ahead of McKenzie only because Bieber has a better track record of health. I know he hasn't pitched much to the last three years, but even 2022, he was really good. And I think, I don't know, maybe I should have put McKenzie ahead of Bieber. I don't know. The years are going to, okay, you know what? Never mind. I'm, I'm switching on the fly. I'm calling an audible live on the show. I'm putting McKenzie 11 and Bieber 12 because of the club control, even though McKenzie has as much of a trade of a, of a injury checkered history as Bieber now does. So that's my 11 and 12. Who's your 11. Uh, so I, I will say Bieber is 13 for me. So this is, this is where people are going to kind of come at me. I have Sam Hentges at 11. She, okay. And I, I can agree with this because I, okay. 11 I seems think- high to me, but let me say, cheap relief pitching is hard to find. And he's a left-hander. He's a lefty. He brings it the home run rate was not great last year, but when you look at like the advanced, Could be he was, you know, he was 85th percentile in barrels. Guys could not, you know, put the barrel of the ball on him. Uh, his, his ground ball rate was 95th percentile. So even when guys do make contact, it's on the ground, you know, he's not getting the ball knocked out. You know, his fastball is breaking ball. He, if he had been healthy all year, you think about what he did towards the end of 22 and 23, he's the number two reliever they have. And he's, I think he would close for nine, 10 teams in baseball. I think he is a closer in training, a closer in waiting. And I think that he is 11 because, you know, you have multiple years of team control and he's a, he's a closer that's only not closing because they have one of the top five closers in baseball. So there's just always value in, in that. And as a lefty with his velocity, I think he's extremely valuable. So to compare at 12, I have DeLotter. He's not my top prospect, but it's positional value. Um, outfield again, every team has been looking for outfield all off season. It is maybe the hardest position to fill for teams because you need three good ones. And that puts him higher than Manzardo. Um, I have Bieber at 13 and 
you know, let's, looking let's at that. Let's talk about Bieber real quick. Just looking at the glass now trade. I just want to pull like I was I texted this to you earlier. I want to pull it up. So if you looked at like what straw is owed for the like, okay. Margot is much better than Straw, but he is owed $12 million. So the net cost was $37 million when you look at buyouts for the Dodgers to get Glasnow and Margot because that was, they took Margot. Margot was going to start Margot's for owed 10, by the way. I think it's 12, 10, but it, 10 with a $12 million, million dollar buyout. mutual option next year. Well, $2 million it's a mutual, buyout. Yeah. Okay. So you're right. It's 12. You're yeah. Right, okay. 12. So that's why I did. Yeah. I, I double checked that. So that is why that's there. So that's, listen he's a, a fine starter but they that's paid as a plus starter that's you know he's a borderline he's kind of fringe so if you if cleveland wanted to do like let's say straw who's not as good as Margot and bieber that would be when you look at options and all that that's 32.5 million so it's only a five million dollar difference um and yes glass now does not have the innings count bieber has put up but glass now has been more effective recently uh he's got a higher ceiling he Bieber two of the last three years, you know, th- this is glass. Now is arguably his best season because he threw the most innings. This is arguably Bieber's worst se- season because he was, he couldn't miss. He was striking out guys at the same rate as Kyle Gibson before his injury. And I, I, I appreciate one of our every dares in the comments. who's like, you know, he's, he ended strong, but one start does not change a whole year of looking terrible. I just think his value is very limited. Teams don't want to trade for guys with his injury history. And we could say that McKenzie has had, you know, a checkered one, but that's two of the last three years missing significant time for Bieber. And, mm-hmm. and the I think if you look at this past year, yeah, he was and honestly, if Cleveland had traded, was able to convince the Dodgers, and I'm not even sure you could to take to, if you're going to take Bieber, then you also take straw. They're not getting Ryan, uh, Peppa, Peppa, Peppa Pig or Pepio. I can't say Pepio. Uh, Peppa Pig, <laughs> yeah, Peppa Pig, Mommy Pig, Daddy Pig. Um, I don't have kids, right now, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got two under two, one six, one's two, so I know this quite well. Um, but they're not getting him. Maybe they get Johnny DeLuca, who could be a fringe starter, but that's I don't even what know my if they get, was. I, I, you I might think... get less than that. Like, that's that's the weird situation. And like, okay, what about what about straight up? So, I think this, this is what I think. I think that. The glass now trade because they included Margot Daniel Marco's money. Yeah, it yeah. knocked down the trade. If they would have just given up glass now straight up for whatever, I think they I think the Rays would have gotten more back. But they did dump Margot's salary a little bit to them. I, I think that does. It's kind of like the Carlos Carrasco situation where it's like, you know, that probably See, was. I think a Carrasco bit... had a little more value at the time. He did, but because of all the owed money, I think it was kind of one of those situations where it's almost like free to go home if anyone would take him. Well, that, and that was pre-COVID, so I don't know. That's that was interesting. No, is that was post-COVID? I'm sorry, it's post-COVID. So that that also makes things a little bit trickier for Cleveland too because it was yeah. a post-COVID season. But do you think that okay? Let's let's take Margot. Let's I, I would say Margot's inclusion in the trade to the Dodgers waters glass now's value in a trade down enough to where you are looking at the Bieber market. So maybe it is a back end uh, starter. I, yeah. And that's the thing, like Peppa Pig, um, because that's what I'm gonna just stick to now because I'm you know maybe Ryan Pepio, man. What did he do Ryan to Pepio. that? He's listen, I think I, you and I were debating back end starter or just a good reliever. Um and then they got a I think DeLuca could okay. I think DeLuca could be a, a average starter in, in a corner because he has I, enough full side power. I don't know if it's gonna be it's very fringe. 
like at the very worst he is like a jordan luplo at the very worst yes so and i again, don't know if, if that's if that's your if that's your market for beaver i don't know do you like that i don't no i don't i don't think it's no a a a guy who is a fifth starter and or good reliever because uh, for a team that didn't have him start the last two years all that often because he had health issues and because sure. they didn't trust him, even though they desperately needed starters, they did not trust him enough to be a consistent starter for them. They went a lot of other places yeah. over him and a team that desperately needed outfielders a year ago and did not right. go to do like, these are yep. two guys oh, that should have Hayward and Trace yeah. Thompson. <laughs> Instead yeah. of g- getting help from these players, they decide to go elsewhere. Yeah, and then I will say, I saw Deluca's first game in High A, and he popped uh, Daniel's you know fastball over the wall in his first at bat. And the guy had just gotten the field like a couple hours ago, so I know Deluca can hit velocity. And I know he can hit lefties. He had a le- hit a curve at a Doug Nikhazy curveball. Let's let's try to get through a few more names here yeah. real quick. So, um, so I have gonna... twelve. Just okay. go ahead. Well, let me ask you where you have these guys at. I'm going to agree with your point on Henches. I have Henches sixteen. Okay. Only because he is a reliever. That's where I have a Spino. I, I have I have a Spino at fourteen, so it's not a huge bump. Yeah. I also have I also have seven, seven, 17 right behind Henches. I have him because 18. he is a reliever with a friendly contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, have you you encouraged me to put Welbin Francisca on your list. I put him at twenty one. He is sandwiched between Valera and Arias for me. Twenty for me. Uh, Arias is nineteen. Twenty one is Curry because I thought he showed some signs he could be a starter. So that's why I was much higher than him. Um, what do you have yeah. to Barlow, just out of curiosity, because Cleveland just took on all that yeah. money. So uh, well, I, I, say I don't know like, what to do with him. My my two controversial ones, we have touched on all of my teens except for 14 and 15. I have Manzardo at 15 because of positional value. And 14, I have Joey Cantillo, who... I can tell 15, so... You know, when you just look at his data, he has... I mean, he, he might be the guy... Like, if they trade Bieber this offseason, to me, that is a sure sign that they believe in uh cantillo i think that means he's up sooner and later i have barlow where do i have Bar- 27 will Dion's at 26 freeman wow, at, I have barlow at 28 at, at 20 i feel like barlow's gonna be it depends on the year he kind of on the year he has yeah i i i believe that he's gonna have a good year which you know could make him a valuable trade asset in the, yeah. in the july My, if Cleveland's not in it, which you know are. some other highlights uh valera at 22 some people might still buy in him he was a you 21 know, a for me big yeah. prospect and then uh, tw- or Ralphie 24 for me. Ralphie 24. Oh, see, I had him 31. Uh, I had Cody Morris at 23. Again, maybe treating last year like a mulligan. Brennan at 24. Like his outs above average in right Brennan field 25. were phenomenal. You know, it's like yeah. he defensively, he could be just a strong defensive backup. Uh, I, I had Brito at 19, by the way, behind oh. Rokio at 18, just because, like you said, defensive uh, value, even though I yeah. do like Brito. Where did I end up with? I had Rokio at 17. That was the last guy in my teens. Um, and then uh, I had 99 to 32. I was higher on him just because maybe you think you can get him back. You know, maybe there's that thing where he has had some high points. So you're kind of maybe hoping. But uh, which which non which non player on your list is most likely to be traded? Let's end with that. Which which uh, we all th- I, I don't know. I'm not I'm I'm still 50 50 on Bieber right now. But who on your list outside of Bieber is most likely to be traded? I, don't know, I kind of think like Rokio, because uh, if they're going to commit to Arias and you still have Freeman and you got Brito coming up, you got to trade one of these infielders. And there are teams like the Giants who could use an infielder like um, Luciano is not a shortstop. Like I read that today with with Keith Law and I agree with him. So I think one of these infielders. So for me, uh, you know, I go with Rokio because he's maybe the one that has the most I have him as having the most value. I have 
George Valera as my most likely to be traded. I think that's a profile they are ready to move on from. I said that was my bold prediction coming in the offseason. I'm sticking with it. Okay. Uh, we still have more episodes to do on stuff we want to talk about. We'll be back in your feeds on Monday morning. Uh, let's make a deal with other teams. Let's talk about trades. And we have positional reviews coming up. Shortstop, outfield, starting pitching, relief pitching. Will Shane Bieber part of, be part of that list? Well, he will be because he pitched here in 2023. So yeah. there is that. Yeah. Stay tuned next week. Thank you all for joining us. And we appreciate every one of our everydayers who are joining us in the comments and having some fun with us at this time. Uh, thank you all. And go, go. Guardians, go.